chest, tap them on the shoulder, and you have to hit them with a sledgehammer. And then you have to see that they start to touch you. Shut your fucking mouth! 
the inside that she couldn't bear to go on living if she couldn't be beautiful on the outside. A, a drug dealer, a, a drug dealing pederast, actually. And let's not forget the disease spreading whore. You fucking freak! Shut your fucking mouth! Try to say these were innocent people and keep a straight face. We see a deadly sin on every street corner, in every home. And we tolerate it. We tolerate it because it's commonplace. It's trivial. We tolerate it morning and night.
not going too bad so you were at a boots and hearts yeah i was doing the, the in for that and i go back and do the out on monday <laughs> what well, that's a culture clash it's uh it pays bills well sure <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> if i giggle i just i saw that i seriously <laughs> thought you were joking but no 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 i mean like you know it's not like i mean a shitload of money on the industrial scene, but like I'm fortunate enough to have kind of found an inn where uh, music as a whole um, can kind of be can, can can pay the rent. Hey, dude, I'm with you. I play. I used to play three set shows with a 50s, 60s band, and I know I know what you're talking about. You can't argue with paycheck. We know about the fall of uh, Kinetic there in uh, two, 2014, right? Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to definitely like to keep the the uh, kinetic tradition going, and yeah. that's kind of assuming you know we don't like do terribly. Um, then next year we're looking at doing it in the spring again. And you managed to scrape together all the ashes, and what a coincidence! Uh, bring it up 
and the Phoenix. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, like it wasn't it wasn't just me. I mean, like there was a there was a team of us uh, that did it. But because um, because of the nature of this festival, especially like you know its its origins and hopefully the direction it's moving into, then um, then yeah, um, I really feel that uh, the the family can can do nothing but get bigger. Well, with your help, it will. Well, it takes more than just me. It takes all. Well, of us. okay, you're. I was sorry. As again, I'm 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 doing I'm I'm doing the I'm doing the open arms of Jesus when I say your. How's that? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be that guy that, you know, work the scene guy. Oh, you, uh, we all should be. <laughs> but at the same token, it's like, you know what? Um, nice things only happen when, um, when people appreciate them. Many hands make darker light work. How's that? Oh. That was a really bad business. Plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't put that on a card. <laughs> I'm the, I can't fit that on a card. I mean, but, um, it was really weird, actually, the way it happened, because I was on tour with uh, with Noctmar and Ludovico Technique. When I got into, uh, we, we pulled into Richmond, and Noctmar was there already now, and I opened up my laptop, and he saw the look on my face when I looked at my email. And he just, like, threw everyone out from backstage, and he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. Like, let me let me check this out. Like, let me, let me really read this. And L.A. was the next time I got stable internet, because, like, we were flying around to, like, Mexico and shit like that. And I was backstage in L.A., and I, I opened up my Facebook, and, like, there's this huge thread going on with uh, with uh, Ryan from 132 Productions, the I Die, You Die guys, the Barton Sphere guys, all the bands, and... Um, and, you know, in all honesty, it's like, you know, word of travel that Kinetic was, like, canceled, like, done. So we're like, I, I don't know if we can expect people. Um, and But at that time, I, by then, I think people have already been booking uh, travel and oh, yeah. time off. And that was a, the big conversation uh, that kind of uh, the four of us had. We were like, oh, because, you know, um, everyone came kind of to the consensus that enough people had uh had paid for plane tickets hotels you know et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. and like a month out like this is non-refundable shit and we're like okay well we got to do something like we got to do something for these people i reached out to jimmy from mel havoc to see if he was still interested in playing and i kind of explained the situation to him and he's like oh well you know i'm, I'm friends with the guys at the phoenix and so then yeah we had a venue we had we had bands it was just a matter of making a show happen um, all the bands were like absolutely fantastic to work with. Um, you know, some of the bands were just like, you know what, give us what you can. Like, you know, we, we really want to do this thing. And this is a really cool idea and a really good, um, cool community kind of thing. Well, the, th the thing I, I noticed is being, unfortunately, I wasn't uh, able to be there until the, the, the last night. But uh, it was incredible. As from an audience side, it seemed just like a, a normally perfectly organized show like the the switchovers were great the sound was great the acts were great it was almost invisible and that uh, personally i think that's incredible i really appreciated that side of which a lot of people might not know what goes on to create a show like this oh well, yeah what well, i mean all the bands were uh all the bands are professional like they, they knew uh you know this is how this is how the shit works and everyone was kind of uh, at one point. I think uh, Rex from Eight Two O was uh, was like helping us haul gear. Like everyone was just on board to help make this thing happen. By the time all the logistics were done, we had about what was it? it I think it was under three weeks. 
to actually like promote like, hey, this this thing is happening. Now, <laughs> if somebody came up to you and told you, hey, you got to plan a show in three weeks of this nature, you'd probably tell them to go pound sand or. <laughs> I, I, I have done that. <laughs> It's great seeing that, like the, all the bands come together and work to realize this common goal. I mean, I think it helps different artists from the, who might not have had a chance to work at this level together, uh, really build a, like a, a partnership and a brotherhood and a kinship. Yeah, I mean, it, like this was truly like you know a, a lot of people like to talk the talk the talk like you know this is the people's festival, but this really was. Um, because they literally could not have happened if everyone hadn't have worked together for going from the bands to the fans. Like I, I can't really speak from the fan point of view, but I know from the band point of view, from organizers, you know, like all the people behind the scenes, everyone was like, wow, you know, you, you pulled this together. Even the venue was impressed. Well, how long after the, the first aftermath, uh, how long was it till you thought, Hey, uh, we we can do this again. We can do it uh, better. It, you know, it's kind of an idea that would pop up every every six weeks or so, and just kind of like, oh, I wonder if we want to do this again. Uh, I don't know. Like, you know, that that one was kind of special. Like, do we really want to we want to fuck with that? Like, you know, it, it was really cool. Will there? You know, of course, the questions come up. Will there be the kind of support? Will there? Um, will there be? Will people be into it? Well, um, was it? Is it twenty? Like twenty four bands? Yeah, twenty four bands. <sighs> And eight DJs in between them, and then the Sunday night at right. uh, at the Velvet Underground. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a thing. Um, this is a beautiful buffet that you've organized here, or not just you. I mean, you and all it. I'm going to say you because I'm talking to you. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. There are people behind the scenes. Like, it's not just me. I don't want to like you know or like. Like, this is my festival and it's all me. And I got that kind of guy. Like, you know, it's definitely not all me. Um, there, uh, There's a small team behind the scenes that's kind of like, you know, that we get on the phone like once a week and kind of yell at each other. Like setting up this lineup, it took us like three days of just back and forth and just like fine tuning who's going where and and uh, like balance um the the not only like you know uh, okay album sales and whatnot so, yeah, like you know who who deserves to go where but also kind of uh, what makes a nice blend I like that you added uh, like uh, I really like Peter Transpirate uh, Glenn Love is probably the nicest guy I've ever met in any scene. he's the next the nicest guy in show I, like, he is so awesome uh, I'm glad that you've added uh, these guys. Uh, two to the show, which I think wouldn't be complete without them. I, I think Peter turns pirate for one person fills the whole freaking stage. Oh yeah, Peter. Peter well, Neil works his like I don't know where he gets the energy. I was introduced to him through Ryan, and he he opened up something. I think it was Chrysalid. Um, but um, yeah, and I was just like, wow, like this is one dude, and he he's he's owning that stage, and then we uh. We had him open up for Grendel on the Toronto stop and dude, just like, we're all just like, wow, like this guy's really fucking, you know, like it's good. Everything's cohesive. And and again, he brings that, that stage show element. And for one guy to bring that stage show, he does in very unique, interesting ways. And again, we're, uh, I'm kind of looking for bands that are, uh, that are working it too, that are going to take advantage of, of the festival, because I mean, the festival is really good, a good chance for them to showcase what they do and introduce people to some new music. Cause I mean, Toronto's uh, uh, got a plethora of talent. Oh yeah. 
Well, the thing is, I, I, I'm hoping to see these bands like, um, uh, Glenn Love's already done a lot of uh, touring and stuff. He's, yeah. he's a, he's a known, very known factor, but like, I'm, I'm just going to speak of Peter Turns Pirate because, uh, I, I genuinely like, uh, Neil. He's a really great guy. Uh, he asked me for some snare drum samples from one of my songs <laughs> and he ended up using it in one of his shows. Uh, but he's, he's a great guy and I'd like to see, like, say, I'm also a huge fan of Alto de Ruin, and because they're on right after each other, there's a good chance I'll hear hear some of each other. Yeah, we're kind of lucky we got Alto de Ruin because like they weren't originally part of the lineup. Yeah, they were late. Um, yeah, we I got a phone call from How Jobs booking agent like, oh, you, well, How Jobs going on with Alto de Ruin? Anyway, we can add them to the festival. I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know, because um, the original intent was uh, we were going to have the Thursday end a little bit earlier, so like local Toronto people could go to work on the Friday. Oh, and screw work. Like, yeah, that's basically, so we hummed and hawed about it. We're like, it's not that we don't like Alter Darun, but it was like, okay, well, will people come early, stay late sort of thing and and make it happen? So it's like, you know what, Toronto people, I'm sorry, but fuck your work on Friday. Um, and and uh, that's kind of that. Um, it, it sucked that I had to turn down bands for the, for the festival, but it, everything just filled up so quickly. Well, you can't. You can't. Can't you do a three week long festival featuring everybody in their in their Casio tone? <laughs> yeah, well, that would be cool once or every ten years. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, uh, it was really cool. Uh, really cool. I was really happy to get like William Control. Like I'm happy to get some of these different bands on air. I was on the, actually on the phone with uh, Chris Hall last week from uh, the Dreaming, and we were talking because the Dreaming is uh, the newest incarnation i guess um it's its own band but it, it's stabbing westward um for all intents and purposes and um we talk kind of talking about like yeah well um like they're good i guess they're gonna be playing a 50 50 split between dreaming and um and stabbing westward the theme that's run through all the bands like uh you know, same with last year. Like we, we want to hang out in the crowd. We want to see the other bands. Like we're not just here to play, but we're here to actually like check out and support the other artists and like you know and see what they've been up to. Well, and I see on the web page there the aftermathfestival.com to put a plug in here. I see that uh, you also have the VIP tickets, so that uh, if you're attending and you get these VIP tickets, you might be able to rub shoulders and tip drinks with. Some of these people too, maybe. Yeah, well, um, the, the way we set it up last year, we kind of the because of the uh, the layout of the Phoenix, we had the uh, kind of the balcony because the backstage there is really small, and I'm kind of looking at all the bands that we had. And we're like, oh, there's no way we're paying all these dudes backstage. Um, so we uh, we decided, okay, well, we'll open up the balcony and we'll leave that for artists only. <laughs> well, actually, it was everyone's really cool about it, and they're kind of like, you know what, we wanted, we actually don't want to hang out backstage. We want to, you know, mingle with the crowd, and a lot of people spend time on on the uh, on the balcony and whatnot. But they also, uh, you know, then talking music, musician talk, and like you know, gear talk, and a lot of these guys haven't seen each other for a long time. Like usually, like a lot of these guys are friends and and whatnot. So it's really cool for them to have a chance to catch up. But at the same time, was, I had to listen to the crowd, and the crowd's kind of like, you know, we'd like to have a spot to sit. And I'm like, okay, well, I can't just stick a bunch of chairs into the into the oh. room. Like, like that—that's just not going to work. Well, I've always liked the balcony at the Phoenix. So I've 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 seen uh, quite a few shows from the balcony. I think I seem to like it. Still sounds great up there. Yeah, do you know you'll have a private bar up there, and that's where the musicians are going to be mingling as well. So I mean, 
well, some of them. I mean, like like I said, a lot of these guys are just like they're going to be right in the right front row center, you know, with the rest of the people. Like, like I was talking to like for example, when I was talking to Chris Hall about it, he was just like, you know what, um, fuck the balcony. I, I want to be like I want to be like front row center. Like I you know, I want to see William Control. I want to see Leather Strip. Like you know, I want to taste the spit. Yeah, exactly. Um, how how are ticket sales going? Are you uh, are you people have to hurry up and rush for everything? the VIP tickets are almost gone. So get them now. Um, I mean, we we purposely uh, like you can get the weekend pass, and the weekend pass gets you into the Sunday as well for free. Um, That's a great deal. Weekend pass is really where you know, where it's at, and I, you, Toronto's always slow to buy tickets. But I can't urge us enough. Like you know, save yourself some money and buy tickets. Like get them ahead of time, um, because you do not want to be paying that extra the, that extra money at the door. And I noticed yeah. it's, uh, there's also food available now too. Yeah, yeah. The Phoenix has a Rancho Relaxo has a has a uh, uh, I don't know what you call it a, a booth or or something like that. Like they make food on site there now. Um, we're also going to be opening up the second uh, the second room, and we're going to be like uh, throwing in. Uh, so that's where you can get band merch and that kind of thing, and that's where uh, storming the base will be. Um, also, a little kind of a cool down room. Um, we're going to be sticking a DJ in there as well to kind of like you know set the tone. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, just to give people a chance to breathe a, a little bit, and you know, have a, be able to have a sit. Um, because I, yeah, that was a big thing last year, and we want to make sure people are comfortable because it is a long festival, um, well, long days, anyways. But I'm fairly confident that uh, that things will, what's the phrase, just kind of uh, work themselves out. Like people, the, we're seeing now that terminus is over, people are starting to get the uh, the industrial summer camp fever. <laughs> That's a great phrase. <laughs> See, I think this has the potential of being massive like i think this has a potential of being for the dark electronic scene uh almost like our Lollapalooza kind of a thing i mean it it, it, it do you see it gaining the momentum um looking at the the state of the scene now the state of the scene is hurting all 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 over the world but at the same time it's really on the cusp of something like there's a like there's a change happening i mean like dark electronic music um, for lack of a better term, like not just goth industrial, but but like just dark electronic music as a whole is on the rise. I mean, you got bands of like Churches and Austrian Trust and and like all these really cool bands. IMX, another one that are that you know they're not in our scene, but they're not not in our scene. See, that's why I really like that dark electronic music festival. I, I really like that term because it encompasses whole lot of different bands like squid lid is <laughs> completely different than like velvet acid christ like velvet acid funny i was getting a couple messages from bands like who's this squid lid and why are they so high up on the bill i'm like oh, they're oh, awesome. you wait and see <laughs> yeah you, you, you wait and see uh there, there's a reason like there's there's a method to madness um, imagine a nightmare circus underwater i can only they they, they when i first saw them i was like I said, I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about it. They are something to see. Uh, well, the thing is, there's there's so much now. I mean, uh, it's not just. I mean, you can. Everybody has access to music right in their phones, and every they're, they're sure. being surrounded by music. What makes live music special is presenting it in a bigger way. In this day and age, with the day of the internet, like you've got about uh, three seconds to capture somebody's attention. You know, on a YouTube link or something. Yeah, before like they that. click dislike or 
go on to the next. Or just uh, before it scrolls by on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, it's just like it's there and it's gone. If you don't capture people's attention in that three seconds, and then you're fine. Choose your thumbnails yeah. wisely, I think. Exactly. <laughs> Put some fucking effort in. Like people are paying good money. Give them this is the entertainment industry. Like, you know, in a live show, it can't just be you know, like, you know, seeing your local band in the, in the local pub. You know, that just got off the day job and, you know, they had the guitar packed in the trunk and they like just squealed over to the venue and like, and now they're hopping on stage. You know, you, there has to be some sort of engagement and, and effort put in for, for people to actually, you know, enjoy all the elements of it. I can, I can see this building into a, a full regular thing. I mean, I would love this to be. That's what we're hoping. Like the, the idea, like here's the deal. Like in all honesty, to get serious and business minded with, minded with us. I had a long talk with, um, with Dwight, uh, DJ Dwight, uh, who used to do, uh, 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 Phoenix and the, and the kingdom, um, for 102.1 back in the live to air days in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I mean, uh, the reality is everyone talks about how much greater the, you know, the scene was back then and blah, blah, blah. And they're right. It was, you know, massively attended and whatnot. But the reason for that being is that, uh, it was there. What? No, there was no goth industrial clubs. You didn't go to the goth club. You went to the alternative club. Um, and so it, it reached a much wider market of people. Um, like, you know, you would start the night dance into like Poe or whatever, uh, you know, kind of slower stuff. And then, you know, they would go into like the sound gardens and, and all that kind of Jane's addiction, all that kind of good stuff. Um, massive attack and all that. And, um, and by the end of the night, you know, you'd have like 2000 people dancing to, to, to ministry and skinny puppy and two, four, two and shit like that. Um, and because we got so successful, uh, especially like, you know, like, the, 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 I don't care what anyone says, the granddaddy of all of us is fuck Trent Reznor. I mean, he is the, he's our success story. Um, I would say, and, yeah, I, would, uh, I would say so. He brought it to the attention. How many people now listen to Skinny Puppy because of Nine Inch Nails? Uh, exa- exactly. And it's kind of like, okay, well, you know, the dude is like, I'm pretty sure he alone is worth more money than the, than the entire goth industrial scene put together. <laughs> um, but, uh, and good for him, good on him. Um, but, uh, I think we got in our own arrogance, we kind of got the idea that we can just, um, have our own club, which worked for a while, it worked for a long while, but it doesn't work now. And, and we need to really branch out and ex- start accepting these other bands. Like, you know, even fucking Lord is really, really, if you listen to her shit, it's dark as fuck. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, yeah, okay, she's a manufactured musician, blah, 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 whatever. Who cares? Um, ultimately, she makes good music. It's electronic music. It's very danceable. And it's dark. And a lot of these, uh, not EDM, I don't know about EDM, um, it's electronic and stuff, shit like a, a, a picture plane in New York, or uh, it's not, I don't even know, it, uh, it's alternative electronica see when uh, people ask me uh, like i say ebm i say what kind of music do you really like doing or whatever i say ebm and then people go edm no ebm and they go what's ebm i said well it's like edm's older angrier brother e- well yeah and a lot of these kids like the kids nowadays are listening to the style of music like uh future pop that term that that term's been stolen like that term applies to bands that are not how job or V and V or anything like that. Like these kids have no idea who they are. 
and it's it's really uh, this kind of a, a, a like a generation gap, which which really sucks. It, it appeals to a much larger market, um, and and I mean it. But at the same time, they are one of us, for you know, lack of a, of a better term. It's like you know, they're right in the trenches. Like they love the same shit that we love. You, you can't tell me you cannot play that in a goth industrial cl- club. Like, no, that's very, it, it's very similar. I mean, like, yeah, there's obvious differences that are, that are in there that, um, more kind of pop elements, but it's also still really dirty and dark. And, and, um, I think that, uh, that to ignore that the shift that the, the music is taking, like, you know, like for all intents, these, these bands are EBM bands. Yeah, it's different. It's a little bit modern, but um, and I think to incorporate that that scene, um, into what we do, and and really, and you know, this goes out to like you know your club owners or and, uh, and DJs and whatnot, um, to really add those elements into your club night is really going to broaden your uh your fan base and and to be able to introduce like you know fans of imx like i mean kudos on on forest for getting uh, to, uh for mr kitty for getting on the imx tour that's gonna do wonders for him yeah and you got a band like a like uh uh picture plane him on his uh his uh twitter and his facebook he's like you know nitzer ebb is the perfect band and <laughs> it's just like like these guys are, are like tipping the hat to us the whole time. We're kind of like just ignoring them. Like, oh no, 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 except embrace that shit because that shit is it's it's music. It's really good, and it's the same shit that we do. So you th- you think a lot of people are trying to be too, uh, like not cliquey, but that's the only way I can think of it. Like this is our thing. This is our scene. And oh, if you're uh, if you're signed on a major label uh, and your music is on uh, MTV, then you couldn't possibly be a, a dark electronic band. Is you think that's what's uh, happening? I, I don't think. I I just think there's a, a genuine ignorance of it. Like just like the people don't realize. Like like I've said I've said to numerous clients. Like this is the probably the biggest time for goth industrial since the late '90s. But the goth industrial crowd doesn't know, and it, it's really kind of interesting in that respect. Like uh, you know, like yeah, these kids aren't out there wearing the uniform that we do. But I mean, even um, you know, touring around and whatnot we're seeing less and less of, of the, the, you know, the leather and PVC and uh, corsets and whatnot, and more people in kind of jeans and t-shirts. And I have no doubt that's partly uh, economically, uh, you know, driven and partly just like, you know, more regular people showing up. They're like, you know what? I like electronic music. These bands have, you know, these bands like uh, purity ring have referenced um, other bands that influence them. You know, it's the like, kind of like the the trickle down effect. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to check out this band. You know, I'm going to check out BNB Nation. Oh wow, I really like this band. Oh, BNB Nation, uh, they know something about what's this How Job thing? I'm going to check out How Job. I mean, well, I mean, when you were a kid and you checked out a band, didn't you like you read the interviews, you watched them on TV and whatnot? Like, who influenced you? Oh, cool, I'm going to check out that band, and that's why we listen to so many fucking bands from the '60s and shit. Like, I mean, because. No, very much. I was lucky to have a brother that was a DJ that liked Gary Newman and and liked Yaz and stuff like that. So I kind of was lucky, but yeah, yeah. yeah. And that la- that last Gary Newman album is dark as fuck. That's an awesome album. Oh, I mean, like Jesus Christ, I haven't heard something that dark. Like, and this is Gary Newman. He's just like you know, like this is the guy who wrote Cars. Okay, like we in Canada have been so fortunate to beyond Germany being forerunners of the industrial scene. 
Um, that's kind of petered off a bit. But I mean, like, you know, Skinny Poppy, FLA and all that shit, um, you, you know, even bands like Mel Havoc. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I've talked to promoters uh, in the U.S. that still remember Mel Havoc, like Jimmy rolling through, because um, that's a, not a show you forget easily. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was kind of the idea there. And that's where the idea of con- bringing Conjure 1 in. That was the first thing. Like, not only do I love Conjure 1, that was kind of like, I want Conjure 1 to play. Um, so but how how much of this also- is your own personal picks, do you think? That. Conjure One is kind of my baby on that one. Yeah. Uh, that was the one where uh, that and Electrovot, uh, Electrovot from uh, Tijuana. Uh, they opened up for every time I've been to Tijuana, they've opened up for us. And uh, it was to the point where first time I saw them was on the Noxmar tour. And Thomas and I were standing backstage shooting the shit. And like mid conversation, we had to stop. Like we both stopped. Like the, the conversation just kind of died. And we're like looking at each other, just like listening. Like, okay, we want to head to side stage and we like i want to see this band they're really fucking good and they're, they're absolutely fantastic band so i'm like yeah i really want to get electrobot up here um and have them like i mean obviously like i you know the like my fingers have been in every single band that's on the bill but uh there were a couple bands i was really like you know pushing for and contra one and electrobot were two, or two of those bands you said the tijuana and that's the one weird thing i've noticed is a uh surgeons of dark electronic music in mexico it's always anything dark is huge in mexico really it's it's really going down there and performing it's kind of a uh a culture shock because like mexico is not a rich country by any stretch of the imagination but these people they they enjoy it. they really are passionate about their music um and it's like, I mean, like, you know, you've toured around, you, you play some cities where, you know, everyone's kind of like arms are crossed watching you. And they just not that they necessarily don't enjoy what you're doing. But um, that's just kind of what they're, I, I don't know what, maybe our culture or something like that, what we're led to, to believe that we're supposed to do down in Mexico, like anywhere in South America, really. These guys are really passionate about music. I mean, like when we went down there with Nogmar, and actually to continue that story, I was standing with Thomas side stage just beside the stage watching uh, Electrobot and someone saw Thomas. And next thing you know, I, I look over and Thomas is like being carried away by the crowd. Like these people like, like, like he's a goddamn rock star. And it, it's like, holy shit. Like, and you know, signing autographs, taking pictures, blah, blah, blah. Same thing with Grendel. Um, and, uh, and like these people are, they may not have a lot of money, but they really celebrate music. Um, and they really like they appreciate time it comes time to show. Yeah, they appreciate it. And they just throw down like like I've never seen before. They're just like, you know, fuck it. Let's go. Uh, and it, it's really um, a, a nice experience to see people like really enjoying it, having fun and just like you saying, fuck it. I don't give a shit what like my neighbor thinks of me. I'm just I'm dancing like I, I, I come here to dance. I'm like my band is on stage and wow. But seeing the people just like lose their shit and that kind of thing, it's a, it was the same with Terminus. Like, I mean, I got back from Terminus. Like, I, I, I don't even know, dude. <laughs> like, I don't know how I survived Sunday. Um, I was so hungover. But it, it was such a great time. I, and I mean, to see a community of people that are so passionate about music. And that's, that's the one thing that uh, our scene does have left going uh, for us is that there's a lot of people that are very passionate uh, about about our music and our bands. 
Um, and, and a lot of these people are seeing the evolution um, and embracing it as opposed to just kind of like, you know what, I'm going to wait for the next Suicide Commando clone to fucking play. Well, it's obvious to me that you are passionate about the uh, the music and the scene and, and bringing really good acts and really good uh, venues to light. I mean, it's obvious. No, I make my living doing it. I better be passionate. Well, no. Okay, okay, you can make your living doing something you're not passionate about, but make making a living doing something you're passionate about is even better. I mean, you genuinely like the music. You're not you're not promoting music that you don't like. You're not. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's something that you, you know, like. A lot of it is a lot of it is just the people I get to work with are really really cool, down to earth people. Um. And, uh, you know, both on the promoter side and on the artist side. So, I mean, like there's been tours I've gone on where, uh, where the promoters more excited to see me than they are to see the band. Cause they haven't seen me in two years. Oh, um, get some Troy Levin in. <laughs> no, it's really cool. Cause I talk to these guys so much. Right. And it's kind of like, it's kind of like a, a, a little, uh, I don't want to say family, but almost it's kind of like, you know, a lot of my bookings are like a phone call where it's like, okay, we spend, you know, 20 minutes doing business, another 20 minutes figuring out some logistics and then like another hour, just like catching up and they're, they're really down to earth people, but they're also smart. And that's, uh, um, you know, there's certain, there's really certain bands, the up and coming bands, you know, you, you guys like three teeth and Ludovico technique, William control, you know, whatnot, who really, they really embrace all sides of, of, the business like it's not just the performance but it's like the the social media aspect of it um keeping in touch with their fans um, um learning how to how to market themselves to a, to a large audience which is really important if you're going to be in a band you know, i mean you got to understand like you know art is like 40 percent of what you do business is 60 percent well um, and, and, the, and the bands seem to complain about okay we're not making as much money because you know cd records or sales are down do you, do you see now with the internet and the social media do, do you see your job uh and the and i guess by extension the job of the bands for promotion and uh gaining audience and ears on their material do you find this easier or do you find it uh uh a more of a daunting task now with the internet and what it's definitely much harder i mean like you know well back in the day in the 90s when you had radio and uh, you know uh, uh fan clubs and shit like that um and and djs that you really relied on to to uh introduce you to new to new music and uh and of course magazines and what have you but um when the internet came along, it's sort of like, you know, back in the MySpace days, then the early days of Facebook, it became very easy for bands to reach out and touch their fans and, um, and they could do it themselves. They didn't have to hire a publicist or anything like that. But nowadays, uh, it's much more difficult because, uh, because everybody relies on the internet and it's just this constant, like, you know, with your Facebook and Twitter, it's just a constant stream of information. You're being assaulted, like, like literally assaulted. But don't you, um, don't you think the cream will still rise to the top? Like, uh, good is still good and recognition. Like there's still acts and I hate to bring up the Justin Bieber thing, but of all the millions of people that upload daily to, to YouTube, somehow he was noticed and he was brought to the yeah, but at the same time, dude, like the day of the rock star, like look, like the day of the star is over. I mean, like you look at like Hollywood, for example, like you're not going to see another fucking, I, I don't know, like like true, like Bette Midler star or, or, or you know, um, 
you know, someone who is like, like, you know, you take it like a Sylvester Stallone, for example, like that dude was him and Schwarzenegger were the go to guys for action movies. That's it. You just you're doing an action movie. You fucking go to those dudes. Nowadays, you've got other dudes, but those dudes are being recycled so fucking fast. Like, I mean, an actor's career is about five years long. And then it, it, like whatever happened to the dudes from um, from Twilight? They were in the news every goddamn day. Where are they now? I don't know. On the welfare line. Like, fuck, they're gone. Um, and they've been replaced with new ones um, because the entertainment industry has is starting as sort of smartened up and, and started moving with the speed of the Internet. So, I mean, like, you know, all of a sudden the the chick from the Hunger Games, she she's the huge movie star and whatnot. Well, if I, she's got what, another three years left in her career and then no one know, know who the fuck she was. Um, and like the day of a lasting star is over. And same with music. I mean, like, um, you know, you have these these edm artists that are huge but there's slowly you know people are starting to forget the name tiesto wasn't that a frozen pizza <laughs> <laughs> but he's been he's he's been replaced and all these people like i mean like fuck it like a little canadian band like a uh, purity ring like who the fuck knows who purity ring is and all of a sudden they're you know they're playing for uh on the conan o'brien show and it's like what the fuck happened there? how did that happen well a band you should look into is kiss is kill have you ever heard of them no, check them out. They're actually uh, the I what I didn't know about them. They their album came out last year, but uh, uh, Shibs turned me on to them, and I love them. It's like it, it is like Gravity Kills, sixteen volt. It's like like that cold wave guitar based American electronic rock. I know how to describe it. Both, both came FDM into it, but more melodic than came FDM. Check it out. Kiss All is right. kill. They're all right. They're Coma's band of the mind. I didn't mean to work that in there, but it just happened to be. But you got to work in the plug during my time. It's my time. <laughs> no, but no. I, 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 <laughs> hey, I can edit this out. It doesn't matter. But you like just what you're saying. Check them out. Well, yeah. Like I mean, and that's kind of the direction we were looking at for aftermath this year. I tried to get trust for the uh, this year for aftermath, and it just the like schedules just didn't oh, yeah. work out. See now, trust. That's another band that kind of crosses that. Um. 20 something bridge to the dark electronic music. Oh, definitely. Like, you look at this, it's fucking goth music. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, everyone who says it isn't can shut the fuck Listen to the, he's got the fucking Andrew El, uh, Elric vocals going on. Yep. He's got, like, yep. you know, fucking, he, he looks like, like, I, like, I, I don't know. Like, the dude is goth as fuck. <laughs> so it was, it was really important to, the, the, to kind of mix it up and go, you know what? Um, you like Velvet Ass Christ? Great. Have you seen Mr. Kitty? Um, you know he's very different. I like them both. But I know this is kind of the 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 Europe had the was really the birthplace of the dark electronic kind of stuff, but then it came over here. Now there's about there's a, seems to be an unusual balance. It seems a lot of fans here seem to like a lot of the electronic, more electronic based uh, dark music from Europe, but seem to appreciate the more um, I'll say like guitar-y, like, uh, like cyber rock or electronic rock, uh, from North America. Do you think that still plays into that North American rock fetish? Um, to an extent. Yeah. I mean, like it varies from coast to coast. Um, and it varies from market to market. I mean, the truth is when you go into a major, uh, major market, like, um, uh, a major city, like uh, New York, LA, uh, uh, Toronto, statistically the, uh, electronic music is much more popular because um 
it, it's got an elegance to it um, that and a sophistication to it that reflects like you know the uh, the what goes on in those cities, i.e., um, shit like uh, commerce and whatnot. Um, so uh, and basically white collar work, and the more blue collar you get. Um, is the more rock you get. Like, I mean, like, yeah, Nickelback plays Toronto, but <laughs> the fans are coming from outside of Toronto. You're the Toronto people. We, aren't we can't talk about like, country, but you can say Nickelback. That's fucking right. Okay. <laughs> They're not a bad man. I'm just, regardless of their douchebags. <laughs> now, would you ever think um, of bringing, and they are. would you really? I have <laughs> and, like, there was a time where I like, and, and okay. Like here's the, 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 the scoop for you. Um, but there was a time I turned down seeing Fear Factory and Typo Negative, who are on tour together. <laughs> and I turned it down because they weren't real metal bands because they had keyboards. Oh. Um, and that was that tour was, what, 15 years ago? Like, if <laughs> if me then could see me now and be like, I, I, I'd know what would happen. <laughs> well, <laughs> we appreciate it. You've... You've you've brought a lot to the city and and to not just to us but to to everybody else. I mean, I, the the acts that you've brought in over the time have, have been. Uh, I don't think they would even even had a chance. And some intimate like some intimate moments I thought with of the uh, the Combi Christ uh, uh, small set version with just oh Christ the old the old the old school set oh Jesus <laughs> that was at neutral I think wasn't it yeah yeah that. Yeah, that was awesome. That was neat. I mean, you're you're right up there, and it's not a you're eye to eye with them, and that was great. Yeah, it was, no, it was a good time. I think my one of my favorite ones was probably doing um, the uh, crap. I don't remember what the tour was called, but with uh, Download and uh, and Dead Voices on Air and uh, Otto von Schrock, uh, and, and it, it was just such a a strange. And it was sort of like, okay, well, it's another gig, you know, whatever. What? And at one point, Rob and I looked at each other and we're like, it's fucking Kevin Key sitting behind us. Like, so I'm like, hey, Kevin, do you mind if we stop at um, we stop at Rob's place? We got to pick up some gear for the show tonight. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, not a problem. So we stopped at Rob's place and we walked into the house and, and Dave, the bass player from Promonium, was like kind of sleeping on the couch. And he wakes up, looks at us, and Kevin came in right behind us. He's like, oh, what needs to go? this and he grabs like the biggest monitor he could and just trucks it out to the van and like dave just sits up he's like is kevin key loading gear <laughs> like did I, or am i still dreaming and we're just like i'm like dude I, I need to stop for five minutes have a cigarette and a beer um like my world is upside down right now <laughs> like i have no idea what's going on like well you see the places like this is fucking kevin key from skinny puppy and like just being able to chill with that dude and whatnot and like learn from him and just, just uh shoot the shit with him was really like wow um been lucky i don't think i've worked with anyone that's sort of like you know fuck that guy um everyone's been really cool and really hard working and whatnot and uh, and uh just uh, amazingly professional i think area was my first actually cross canada tour that i did um which in hindsight like with what i know now compared to what i did then god bless her that she hasn't dropped <laughs> <laughs> well, ever, i think the one thing that musicians know is well hopefully they never forget is having to start 
you know, and, and those those steps and and the falls you take along the way. I mean, do, do you, yeah, well, I mean, you must I, ever I, so often get like a, a like a diva kind of a act or something, or or is that uh, is that is that not normal in this genre? Um, it's not that it's not normal, uh, or it's not that there's a lot of divas. There's just a huge difference between North American uh, venues and European venues. That's a really big thing. And, I mean, of course, in the crowd size as well. Is it easier I mean, in, in Europe to book acts and, and book uh, venues? Um, well, I don't book, I don't book Europe, so I can't really attest to that. But like, there's definitely a much larger scene there. I mean, like, like, you know, you look at, like, we're all, like, you know, Aftermath, we're hoping, like, you know, people come out, and then, you know, the comparison, you know, the well, we've got, what, Aftermath, Cold Waves, and Terminus, you know, three solid festivals that, well, they, well, I don't know if I'd call Aftermath solid, but I can oh, definitely say the other two. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, run by really pro people, and, uh, um, and people over here are really excited about it. When that's all we got. Meanwhile, you you know you go over to Germany and they're like Mara Luna and, and Wave Gothic Treff, and it's just kind of like holy shit. They seem to appreciate uh, the artists a little more over there. I I, th- I think it's just there's a different uh, because there's um, more people come out to to see the shows. Um, it's kind of uh, like you like you take a band like you know pretty much any of my clients like Leather Strip or Grandola or whatnot. Like you know th- those guys they play over to Europe to like you know thousand people. Um, so it's really, uh, the money is there to, to upgrade to that larger venue, get the nicer stuff, um, you know, and, and really, uh, really shine. Whereas North America is way more punk rock, um, because the scene isn't as strong here. And, uh, and so you really never know what you're going to get. Um, fortunately by now I know most of the promoters across North America and most of the venues that, that we dabble in anyways. Um, so I I know what to expect from them. And it's really hard to relate to, uh, sometimes to the, uh, to the Europeans that like, you know what, what you're asking for here, you're not going to get like, it's, it's just, the money's not there. And I realize in Europe, this is just in every venue. It's just there, but that's not the way it is here. Oh, I thank you so much for uh, taking your time and, and guiding us through this beautiful thing called Aftermath. Uh, so the tickets are still available, right? That's right. Yeah, the VIP tickets are almost sold out now. But um, yeah, definitely the day tickets and the uh, the the weekend passes we got are still uh, still widely available. Beautiful, and they can get them at aftermathfestival dot com or on the Facebook. That's right. Yeah, there's a link on the Facebook that'll take you right to uh, brown, paper, brown paper tickets, who I use for uh, for ticketing because they are the least um, expensive for any of the uh, for service fees and shit like that. Great. This will be an awesome show, and uh, thank you for giving us some insights into uh, your dealings with the business, and maybe some people out there might want to become a promoter just almost as good as you. <laughs> Hopefully they do do it better than me. Hopefully they're. I, I hope one day they can, you know, do Metallica. Wow, that that would really be an honor. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you okay. Well, then hopefully they can do Nine Inch Nails one day. Okay, that's that's enough pandering now. <laughs> well, thank you very much, and uh, not a problem, sir. This is this is this has been cool for me. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure. And I'm not going to ask you for free tickets, so don't worry. 
Because <laughs> you're, you're not getting. Them. I know. That's just because I dislike you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not important enough yet. I would give Rob Ford a free ticket if you want to come. Rob, oh, imagine Rob Ford. Dude, the Comedy Christ show um, that I did uh, was last year, the year before. Um, we were nonstop tweeting Rob Ford to try and get him to come to the show. <laughs> and I actually had to, like, Andy walked up to me. He's like, I, I need, with his accent and everything, which made it even funnier, I, I need Rob Ford on, <laughs> on the guest list. Oh. We were trying so hard to get him to come to the festival <laughs> because, well, why not? Party favors are on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you so much, Troy. Not a problem. Take care. See you in a few days.